Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you may be listening to this podcast, we are the Better Than You Pod coming back another week to hit you in your ass. Nah. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? We are back again. As I said, this is the Better Than You Pod. You can leave all that in, Joe. Coming to you back on another week. Uh, go around the room. Salutations to everybody that's out there listening to us. What's happening? What's crack a lacking? Ant, what's happening? I'm gonna start with Ant this, this evening. What's happening, Ant? I'm good, man. How about you? Oh no, I'm blessed and highly favored, brother. Joe, what's good? Man, I'm chilling, man. You know what I'm saying? Yo, how are you though? Oh man, you know I'm blessed and highly favored, brother. Oh, you know, the, you know what I'm saying? Look it out today's math has been a great day and tomorrow's gonna be a better one. B, what's happening? Everything is good here, man. I got no complaints, you know what I'm saying? Living, doing my busy work. Oh, man. No doubt. No doubt. Today was a special day, um, a day that should always be recognized. And, you know, I'll, I'll put myself on blast for not knowing the actual date. And I would imagine a lot of people don't out here don't know that. They just know the day they have off or maybe have off from school. But today is the actual birthday of uh Dr. Martin Luther the King, as they like to say, today is his actual birthday, January 15th, and definitely want to start off our show uh, celebrating this brother um, and, you know, the things that he did and how it's transpired from, uh, I want to, uh, forgive me if I got the date, I believe it, the year wrong, I believe it's 1968, which is in terms of the year in which, you know, the civil rights Act was passed. If somebody, please correct me if I'm if I'm incorrect on the year, um, and what we have, what has prospered, what has actually progressed from that point on to where we are now. There's, there's several civil rights acts. Acts. Mm-hmm. So I mean, well, you I mean, picked, well, maybe I'm you picked the, the first you one. Picked one. No, the, okay. Oh, you okay. picked one of them. That was a good yeah. one. I mean, he was assassinated that year. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, God bless. But there was the, there was a, there was a couple <laughs> before that that he was involved in. But we could we can we can. Yeah, no, no, nah, nah, and I don't have I don't have a problem being wrong because I know yeah. several. No, you're not wrong. No, that's what I'm saying. You got one. Yeah, you got one. That's all I'm saying. You got one. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you know, as progress with the progression, what we have from let's just say the '60s until now, uh, coming into the year of 2020, we do owe. Not everything, but we do owe a lot to this gentleman of where we are today. And it's a day that needs to be recognized and a gentleman that needs to be recognized. And, you know, beyond what you may see. And if you're in a if you happen to be a high schooler or, a, you know, maybe elementary listening to this podcast, what you may see in perhaps not even the chapter, but just the paragraph that's in your school book about this gentleman. There needs to be extensive study into him and his life's work. I don't know if anybody wants to add anything to that. Well, I I, I just say this, like growing up, uh, was it a uh, kid in church and all that stuff. And uh, uh, Martin Luther King was probably, he still is one of them, but he, he was he was definitely like my biggest like like idol. Like who do you idolize more? Who, who's your favorite person? Martin Luther King, because uh, just every day, like either his birthday or whatever, um, the celebration of his birthday, they would show like some Martin Luther King stuff on TV. It just be so uplifting. And getting older and seeing that he was uh, more than, uh, he had like multi-layers, you know what I'm saying? That he was more than just the turn the other cheek guy that they like portray, you know what I'm saying? The dude was like real strategic, but he wasn't no bitch, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of times they make him look like a bitch, you know what I'm saying? But MLK was no bitch. He did a whole bunch of shit for, um, 
fucking everybody, this whole fucking country. You know what I'm saying? He and he did it like real strategically. You know what I'm saying? He got put in position to do what he did, and he, he held it down, man. You know, God bless that man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's um. I, what I'll say is, is that I was the complete opposite, Joe. I I, I really wasn't really a fan of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. I thought white people used him. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, you know, pu- pulled him out during during things. And I got exhausted by that because, you know, I was super militant and super black power. Probably still am. You know what I mean? And I focused on Black Panther Party, self-defense, Malcolm X. And I probably did a little bit of Willie Lynch and putting those two, those two major figures against each other. Yeah. But you to take a step back. Um, they used Martin Luther King and they used his quotes and they parade them out whenever they want to seem um, kind kind of socially conscious or kind of like what they're doing is okay. And it's exhausting, the idea of the turn the other cheek. So I just want to read a couple of quotes from Martin Luther King, if you guys don't mind. Oh, okay? go ahead. I know they're going to be All right. So one is, freedom is never voluntary given to the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. Another is, he who passively accepts evil is as much involved in it as he, he is who helps to perpetrate it. He who accepts evil without protesting against it is really cooperating with it. A riot is the language of the unheard is another one. Discrimination is a hellhound that gnaws at Negroes in every waking moment of the lives to remind them that the lie of the, their inferiority is accepted as the truth in society that's dominating them. I mean, I'll read another one. Matter of fact, last one. Property is intended to serve life. And no matter how much we surround it with rights and respect, it has no personal being. It is part of the earth man walks on. It is not man. So, I mean, those were his his rationales for rioting, for Mm -hmm. destruction of of, of property during the period period of time of civil rights. So when people sit and try to use him during these riots and and, and when we protest, it's it's like he literally said the opposite of that. And you're whitewashing it now. People hated King. Do remember. Well, maybe we don't remember because we weren't alive. People hated King. And another way way they whitewashed the history of, of Martin Luther King Jr. is they have all of his pictures in black and white. And something to remember, I just posted this on Instagram while we were getting ready for the pod because, you know, it just it was fresh in my mind because Joe mm-hmm. had brought it up as a topic um, from uh, Martin Luther King, whatever. So if you were if you were born in 1990, Martin Luther King Jr. was only was assassinated 22 years before you were born. I mean, it's not a long way away, but they you only see pictures of black and white in Dr. Martin Luther King. They hide the color pictures. They black and white the, the pictures to try to distance itself to, um, from us. So there's some far off time period. Like it wasn't our parents that actually had the experience of shit. And so I just want us to look at that shit and look at how they whitewashed this man. And that's why they gave him the holiday. Do remember it was people even like John McCain that, was, that were protesting against his holiday and, and, and weren't voting for his holiday. It, it wasn't just an easy layup to get Martin Luther King Jr. a holiday. They hated him. Mm-hmm. And something I just want to say, like, just adding on to what you said, like, uh, you said that you uh, were more, like, with the militant side of the Black Panther Party and yes. Malcolm X and all of that. And I remember when um, I'm going to see uh, the Malcolm X movie when it came out in 92. So I guess that's probably like 11, maybe, or something like that. But uh, I remember going to see that. And uh, after seeing it, I was like, damn, my idol is kind of a bitch. This was like the real dude, you know what I'm saying? Wow. And uh, but like these, but um, it's funny. Like some of the quotes you say, like those are quotes I put on like Facebook on his birthday or in the past and stuff like that. Because as time went on, I realized 
that yeah. he wasn't. Like I said before, it's like he was just as strong as just I just want people like to listen to like the quotes that you gave and like the background background you gave on him. So it's like even if you so even if you still think that okay Malcolm X was the gangster and MLK was a bitch, it's like nah, both of these brothers was like they were both like dead, both strong, and none of them wanted you to lay down for anything. You know what I'm saying? That's so that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. But yo, Alex, I got a question for you. Or maybe I don't Word, have a question. Yeah, okay. Nah, nah, go ahead, bro. Okay, I got a question for you. Since you didn't know Martin Luther King's birthday, I'm going to let you save it. Can you tell me Regina <laughs> King's birthday? Regina King out here killing it. When is her birthday? <laughs> I don't know. It's you today, gotta... nigga. We got to celebrate her, too, just a little bit. Just say she bad. She doing the thing. Uh, that's got to be a great thing to have the same birthday as Martin Luther King. Okay. That's dope for her. Yo, shout out to Young Dro, nigga. That nigga, that nigga turned 40 today, too. He know Martin Luther King or Regina King, but, you know, that nigga has some songs, man. But, uh, yo, Joe, yo, you reach it now. Let's just... <laughs> I'm just saying. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, since you're you going there, you know what I'm saying? The God, the God MC, Raekwon, turned 50 today. See, that's wow. how it Shout to the God. Shout that yeah. all out. And shout, think... Salute to the wolf. Salute yeah. to... Yeah, word is born. I some, you know, I... You know, celebrating the brother of Martin. Knowledge power, yo. Word up. You That's know, the math. That's today's math. All right, go ahead, dog. Yeah, nah, no doubt. There's been um there's some there's been some incredible black excellence coming off talking about Dr. Martin Luther King. There's some been been some incredible black excellence by um and I'll and I'm happy to to say it in this fashion, our brother Akon in creating and I'll use his quote in creating his own Wakanda. Because Akon has finalized plans to build a 2,000-acre city in Senegal that's not only going to be a city that he's creating, but it's also going to be powered by his cryptocurrency, a coin. I think it's important to name both because they're both significant, excuse me, significant in the in what he's done, that he's not only creating this city, it's also going to be powered by his cryptocurrency. And I know cryptocurrency has been around for a while. People know about it. People, some people don't know about it. They or they may not even understand it. We briefly discussed it on this pod and haven't really gone in depth about it. But what Akon has done is created his own city along with the Acoin. And know and I know B, you have more extensive information. But I we definitely need to stop and celebrate what he's done because this is I don't want to say it's similar, but it's in the same strain of what Tyler Perry did to empower right. people, what he's done mm-hmm. at uh, Tyler Perry Studios, Akon, I don't want to say he's doubled up on it, but he's just taking another step. Oh, it's, a, it's just a, it's just another like form of like yeah. black accents. We ain't got we don't have to really like measure like the significance of it. Um, I think uh, you know because really Joe put a lot of it in perspective to me. I mean, as he's as he's prone to do, start comparing the shit. You know what I mean? So I'll I'll let him leave that. I'll I'll leave that part to Joe, but um. Uh, I, I do think it's amazing. Um, I thought it was like too big of a topic just to pass up. I mean, a black man, he Akon has been telling us to buy in Africa, and then he's been speaking about his Acoin for a long time, um, and we, so we knew it was coming. I didn't, I'm, I wasn't absolutely sure that he had a city coming, but you know, it, it did stand time, kind of the reason. Then he started talking about it a few months ago or whatever, and you know, he he, he finalized his plans. And it's to a 2,000 acre city, which is not small. Okay, um, and a cryptocurrency. 
All right. So, I mean, just to get into cryptocurrency, you know, our currency. So let's let's just use the dollar for an example. Our currency is fiat. Whenever you hear somebody say currency is fiat means it's not valued against anything like when we used to have the gold standard that we were valued, that the dollar was valued against. It's not anymore. You know what I mean? Like oil is valued on the dollar, but not really the other way around. So we kind of we kind of supply and demand our way around the dollar. Um, basically. And what cryptocurrency kind of figured out um, how to do is get rid of centralized banks, okay? And centralized banks are things like the Fed, the, the people who set the interest rates and kind of like put more money into the economy or take money out of the economy to manage inflation and deflation, okay? So wh what cryptocurrency does is they, they kind of just skip past that part and just let the people value what the currency is going to be worth. And so Akon using a coin in his city is just like creating its own currency and then letting, letting the people decide what that, the value of that currency would be. Right, Joe. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, it, and it's crazy. That's going to be like the, I don't know if it's the primary or like just the only means of like really like just uh paying for, you know, goods and services in the city. I mean, and when he says he's building his own Wakanda, he really is trying to make this its own like self-contained thing um, with the 2000 acres that he was um, gifted from the president of Senegal to like do this. You know what I'm saying? And like you were talking about, talking about comparisons before um, me not being a real estate person, 2000 acres is kind of like an arbitrary number to me. So I'm like, is that big or is that small? Wow. And I was checking and just the size of like different like towns and cities like in New Jersey where I'm from and there were like multiple like towns that weren't touching that 2,000 acres you know what I'm saying and it's like the size of like um what is it the University of Florida's like campus a big like sprawling campus this is the size of a small city or a like large college campus and like a few other things I could probably like compare it to but this is this is like something really significant, and you can name some of those cities, though. I mean, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, to give, to give because he had them, he had them, you know. Well, but he probably yeah, just feels like, like it's, it's Jersey. Yeah, Morristown. I mean, yeah. the main thing was going through like Morristown, New Jersey. That yeah. was the main one I saw. It was like exactly the size of it. So I'm not sure how many folks might be, um, you know, familiar with that. I'm from Montclair. Montclair is about twice the size of uh, what Acon's doing, and it's a pretty big town. You know, what I'm saying this is not going to be like oh a thousand people living in this little like bubble trying to do shit like with the acreage that he has and depending on how they like develop it he might have upwards of like 20 or thirty thousand people living in this city this like utopia he's trying to create and i'm praying that everything goes um as well as it can for the brother this is like incredible shit and um if fucking this goes off this is like only like the beginning you know what i'm saying like Africa seems so far off to us, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and it's like almost like a mystical place. It's either a mystical place to you of like, you know, fucking like grand opulence or it's fucking, oh, they're dying of fucking AIDS and all kinds of malaria and shit over, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's like, I don't know, as we learn and grow, I think we should all try to take some kind of trip to Africa, you know what I'm saying? And if we had the means, like, buy like land over there you know what i'm saying be reconnected wow. because as um african americans and even people of like from like the west indies and shit like that a lot of us are cut off from this vast land that is like fucking our homeland you know what i'm saying it's the motherland so 
I mean, this we we could probably go on about how great Akon is and all yeah, of that. But I'm, I'm glad from this. But I am glad that coming to America is coming back out though, because like that's another thing that that coming to America did for us. Like we were kind of distant from Africa, and we looked at it kind of in one way, and mm-hmm. then. Eddie shows up there. Prince Akeem shows up there, and he shows all the stuff he had, and it was just, it was mad fly, and it was like, okay, there's Africa that looks like this, mm-hmm. and, and you know what I mean. I think we just need to keep them being reminded of that because just like we were talking about with MLK, MLK, you know, they will whitewash this shit and confuse us, and di- and allow ourselves, and we allow ourselves to be distanced from these beautiful parts of our history or our culture, um, mm-hmm. or or um, people who look like us. And you know we should not. Definitely not. Definitely. Yo, Aunt, you got anything to add on to this? I don't like white women. Come on, man. Let him get his shit. Come on, man. We white experts right now. You you have anything, man? No, quite simply. I mean, to keep things short, you just got to be kind of impressed by what he did, like. We think of the idea of owning a home as a big thing. I mean, he's basically owning a town and our native land, because you can put it that way. But I mean, the sense that success can can be bred from anything. Like, you don't have to be a lawyer, a doctor, something else like that. You just got to have the drive and the vision to do so. Like, we just, we know Akon as the artist. And I mean, and he had a very good legacy of doing so. But the fact that maybe from this point forward, if he continues forward in this fashion, that we're going to remember him as, you know, a guy who created his own currency and created basically a city out of, out of I wouldn't necessarily say out of nothing because that's, that's dismissive. But the fact that he got to that point and, like I said, always just kind of remember him just, you know, the African singing guy. Mm-hmm. For him to kind of do this, I mean, quite simply, just just impressive. And, I mean, it, more power to him. I want to see how it goes and develops from here. Um, and, and maybe that's the thing that inspires someone else to try to do something, maybe not to as grand a scale. Like I said, uh, Alex mentioned like what Tyler Perry's done, but 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 something similar to that. I know people always say, you know, quote unquote, by the block. Maybe on a smaller scale, maybe that's what people maybe are going to attempt to do to maybe just own that small little section of there that they can control and be of their own or something else to that degree. So for what he's doing, I mean, quite simply, it's very impressive. Yeah, man, and fuck that being like yeah. doing something small. I mean, if you that's that's great. You get what you can get, get smaller. But shit, man, if fucking Akon can do this, shit, the brother was born in St. Louis. The fucking Senegalese parents, since I think I said it right, Senegalese. I'm excuse me if I'm wrong. I think his father like was a musician. His mother was a dancer, and he lived a little bit when he was lived a little bit of his life in Senegal. Then he grew up mostly in New Jersey and shit like Union City and fucking Newark and fucking Jersey City in the hood. Fucking yes, this brother has ties to Senegal, but this motherfucker came up from the same shit that we came up from. So, yeah, if you get the point where you can start buying some houses, some cribs, do that shit. If you can get fucking major and be as big as Tyler Perry or fucking Akon, go for that shit. You know what I'm saying? It's whatever, man. This is like, this is some, like, Scott. This is some, like, ain't no limit. You know what I'm saying? Fuck the sky, nigga. Like, this is just fucking brilliant, man. This is fucking beautiful. And like I said, we could probably talk about this for a fucking hour and shit, but... Hey, yo, you could get beachfront property in, in, in Senegal, too. This shit costs, like, 320000 So So, it's not cheap, but, it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It, it's cheap compared to, like, Cali or some shit. 
Yeah, man. We can, like, do this shit. But, yo, Alex, keep All us right, on track, yeah. man, because we yeah, gonna probably praise Akon for hours, nigga. Go ahead, bro. Right. It is some dope shit. And, again, like, you know, similar to the Tyler Perry situation, there's somebody young that's on the internet that's reading something about this and it's like a word you know what i'm saying it's dropping that it's, it's planting a seed in a person and who knows the inspiration that they receive similar than again similar to the tyler perry situation that's looking at this akon situation the type of seed that is dropping inside them and what they can do and the impact they may have you know maybe 20 years from now when they are empowered or empowered to do something or feel necessary to to, to make some type of um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? To make some type of, um, you know, point of value and go bigger and go larger. That's the whole point. It's just setting the precedent for what's precedent. Yeah, that's the correct word. Precedent for what's next to come. Shout out to Econ. Um, want to move on to some other black excellence. We did. There was announced the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees that was revealed today. Um, I definitely want to. We just want to highlight, you know, the people that we are definitely in tune with, and we could definitely say Jersey's own. Whitney Houston and the notorious. Alex hates Whitney Houston though. Yeah, when is that? When that, is Whitney Houston's birthday, that, Alex? Redeem yourself. That's no, this nigga hate Whitney Houston, yo. No, this is this is a lie. If you said Aaliyah, I would agree with you. Nah, you'd be like, yo, you'd be like, yo, her music don't pop anywhere. I don't know, man. Yo, so tell, pop, yo, man. It, right, Joe, can you say that? This is a he lie. Did. He did, and then Joe said the same. Yo, we had a big conversation about this shit, mm-hmm. yo. And you made a big thing, like, nah, it's just, yo, this shit's overhyped. The Whitney Houston shit. I'm like, the nah, Jersey? I don't remember that. If you say Aaliyah, I'd agree with you. I don't know that about it. <laughs> it was Whitney Houston, and you made a big thing about it. It, was it, was, a, it wasn't a small thing. You I have to re- I'd have to revisit that conversation. All right. Well, I'm glad you. I'm glad we revisited it right now. All right. Well, I'm glad. I, I, I support growth. <laughs> and why this dude decide to just like shit on Aaliyah like out the blue and shit? Yeah, I'm not. I ignored it. The funny thing is, we put gonna post we gonna post this on Aaliyah's birthday, nigga. Her birthday tomorrow. How dare you just throw her out there? I ignored it. I ignored it. I ignored it. Everything he said, I ignored it. I was gonna let him go by. Aaliyah fans were sorry for his disrespectfulness. I'm an Aaliyah fan. Don't yeah. be sorry. I stand by that. It's not a problem. I stand by that. But let's focus on um we, we could we could have the Leah discussion on another part, but to let's focus on Whitney Houston. Um simply one of the greatest voices ever in the history of music, period, across all platforms, uh being nominated and actually inducted an inductee into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and as well as one of the greatest rappers of all time. God rest the dead. God rest the dead for both of them and the notorious B.I.G. being honored to, as inductees into the. Think you don't even like Biggie. You don't like Biggie. Yo, yo this nigga Biggie. crazy man. Yo, 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 two people you today. Yo, yo, you should have read this. Yo, this sounds crazy. You, yo, you ain't deserve to. You ain't deserve to read this. Yo, when is Biggie's birthday, yo? my name on a pod that I was not even on and created a narrative you that did not exist. On the dead ass. Yo, Big, is Biggie a good rapper, yo? Yeah, he's a good rapper. Yeah, hell yeah. You like Biggie's album? Good. Did I like Biggie's album? I like the first album better than I like the second album. Did you like it at all, though? Hell yeah. Well, I don't know what type of question that is. Hell yeah. Yo, because you said all these. Uh, All right, never mind, yo. All right, I'm I'm, I'm a liar. I'm just making up shit that Alex never said. created a narrative on a pod that I was not on. You said these things. It's not like you didn't say these things. I never said that about Biggie. 
I might have said that I enjoyed the first album more than the second album. Nah. I, I mean, everybody I, did. I, I would agree with that. That, that, mm-hmm. that wouldn't even be controversial. Well, it is, it is to some people. Like they just, I guess. I guess it could depend. You know, okay. All right. I'm not growth on the second. It's generation. It's generational yeah. difference because boom bap versus like that change in hip hop. I get it. But um, nah, never mind. Let's move on. Keep on reading. I'm, I ain't gonna cut you off no more. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, both of them being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, they actually they really need to change the name of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I'm 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 not gonna get into that. Um, others that were uh nominated that are actually going in as well as Depeche Mode, Nine Inch Nails, and T Rex. They said T Rex. I was like the rapper. I don't even know what the hell T Rex was. That's yeah. some. No, I mean, you talking about these folks, we don't care. I mean, yeah. I, I think I think we should move on. But before we do, we just need to give um, Biggie his flowers. He was gone, you know, far too soon. Lord knows what he would have uh, done with his, like, fame and, like, uh, his money, you know. And just after the fact, you know, he was trying to, like, get artists under him and, like, just build business. He might have been right up there with uh, Jay and... Uh, well, I'm talking, I'm talking. Well, yeah, when he was in terms of like sales and stuff, he kept yeah. making that music. But definitely, you know, he might have been up there with like Diddy and uh and um fucking Jay Z. I mean, it's just fucking, you know, God bless him. And I, and I feel you, Alex. That whole all these like great R&B and um hip hop artists are gonna go in this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But you know what? Fuck it, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's like fucking we started that Rock and Roll shit, so. It should be, so I mean I don't really have a problem with the name being there, but shout out to Biggie and shout out to the Queen Whitney Houston, another one gone far too soon, and um yeah man fuck all the other niggas you mentioned y'all fucking this black excellence right here yo. Whole Whitney Houston story in the whole is just kind of tragic when you look at the whole thing, but you know God bless and I'm happy that she's gonna be inducted, <clears throat> rightfully so into the music hall, into the music hall of fame. That's I'm more comfortable saying that than rock and roll, but into the music hall of fame. But as we move on, uh, it actually came out today. That we, it's a name that we haven't heard in a while. You know, the, the trial happened and then everything kind of died down, but his name has popped up today as Takashi 69 has asked the judge to serve his sentence at home because he says his safety is at risk in jail. So today, Takashi's lawyer, Lance Lazaro, filed court documents asking the judge in his case to allow him to serve the rest of his 24-month, two-year sentence under home confinement or in a community correctional facility. His lawyer claims that Takashi's safety is seriously at risk because of his snitching reputation, and he says the private jail that Takashi is locked up in is currently filled with with click. Um, excuse me, it's filled with uh, people who are trying to get after him and do harm to him. And this is just the latest update. And uh, we, we report, we, if you could go back a few pods when the whole case went down and we found out he was getting a lighter sentence. But now he's asking for, I guess you want some type of leniency to be served the rest of his uh, sentence at home. I don't know if you know, there's anything that else to add to that. Just, just that we're just shouting it out. What's happening oh, with him? Hey, I mean, it's ill to follow up um, Biggie and Whitney going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with uh, this nigga Takashi trying to, you know, do the rest of his two years, like, at home and shit. I mean, fuck this nigga. And, of course, what the fuck, nigga? Like, yeah, they after you, dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, fucking, you might go out like Dre, nigga. They might, you know, fucking, I don't know, man. But, you know, God bless that nigga. I don't want nobody to die. Like well, I feel like this, yo. I feel like, I mean, I feel like we shouldn't have 
compassion for it. But if anybody should have compassion for it, it should be like the judge in the in the court system because he's the person that they helped. I mean, yeah. I mean, she, I mean, they're the people that he helped. Yeah. So I mean. You know what I mean? Like they'll look funny under the light if they don't make provisions for him, but you know, that got nothing to do with me. Yeah, pretty much. Oh yeah, you know. Whatever. No doubt. Um in other news, uh we uh Jersey's own I don't want to say Jersey's own, but in terms of from a political standpoint, Jersey's own He's from New Jersey, nigga. He is Jersey's own, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, what you mean? I don't, he's from. He's from yes, he is. What the fuck are you talking about? He, yes, he's from New Jersey. I don't want to say Jersey's own fucking from the guy. But he's from Jersey. Okay, well then, Jersey's own Cory Booker on Monday announced that he is dropping out of the political race in an email, and I'll just read his quote. Nearly one year ago, I got in the race for president because I believe to my core that the answer to common American, <clears throat> excuse me, common pain Americans are feeling right now, the answer to Donald Trump's hatred and division is to reignite our spirit of common purpose to take on our biggest challenges and build a more just and fair country for everyone. Um, I've always believed that I still believe that I'm proud. I never compromised my faith in these principles during this campaign to score political points or tear down others. And maybe I'm stubborn, but I'll never abandon my faith in what we can accomplish when we join together. I will carry this fight forward. I just won't be doing it as a candidate for president. Or, um, this year with that I share this yeah word so I mean honestly man uh if you listen to this pod at all you know that um this is Joe that I'm like a big Cory Booker fan or whatever right. and I'll just say this like I appreciate the brother on a couple different levels one I think he's like a true believer in trying to help people I really do believe that like at heart so I think he's a good dude and God bless him you know what I'm saying and another thing I appreciate about him is the dude kind of grew up with a bit of a silver spoon in his mouth, and uh, he went to Ivy League school, Rose Scholar with the Oxford. Then he got his um, law degree at like Stanford, and he decided, you know, maybe because of the passion, it's hard to help people, but also for, you know, probably That's political right. growth and shit. You know, what I'm saying he went to the hood, he went to North. Mm-hmm. He could have been off, you know, just doing this thing or whatever, but he went, uh, he went out to. Uh, he, instead of just being like, you know, this corporate lawyer and making all his money, so if he decided to go to city of Newark, worked in the city council, uh, fought really, really hard to become the mayor of Newark. He did some good things. Some folks say he wasn't all the way 100. Who knows? But he went from there to being a senator. And since he's been a senator, he's been one of the hardest working senators for the people and a whole bunch of different um, yeah. um, things that he's done. And, and the thing about the whole election like, um, I was hoping that maybe he could, like, shine through. But when it came down to it, um, he couldn't generate the money. He couldn't generate the buzz. He's going against a, a bunch of, like, really, like, much just stronger cat, cat candidates at this point in time. The brothers, yeah. you think he's 50. So I don't think Corey is, like, done. You know, I think Corey has a chance to maybe come back some years down the road, maybe take another shot at it or help the people the way he's doing now in a different way. You know what I'm saying? I say God bless that brother and shit. You know what I'm saying? I hope he can still hold on to Rosario, you know, after this. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if she's going to, you know, slide off or something. But, yeah, man, ain't yeah. too much to say on Corey. I mean, he, he just what I'll ready. say is this, yo. Yeah. Well, what I'll say is this. I mean, you need 15% in Iowa. First off, we got to get rid of these white people states to start out. And I, I don't think it's going to last. I don't think we're going to keep the, the, um, these, these lily white states because the core of the black uh, of the core of the Democrat Party uh, is black women. 
you know, I mean, black people, but namely black women. And but you know, man, but you needed fifteen percent um, in in our Iowa, or your votes can go to to another candidate. Okay, so it goes. It's like a weird round thing, or whatever. And you know, he didn't. He never really got to the fifteen percent, so his votes were going to be able to scatter. And, you know, I mean, there was no reason for him to keep putting money in there because he had no traction in any other states. Mm-hmm. And so it was just going to be harder and harder to get some money. You know, what I mean, and so he was he, he was going to he was destined to leave. I thought he was going to stay longer than he did. But I, I thought he was going to stay because, you know, there was no real main thing that he was running on except for just like the idea of things. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was, man. Yeah. Well, so salute to Cory Booker uh, fought the fight. You know what I'm saying? He did his thing. Hopefully, maybe in the future. I don't know if he plans on running again, or but hopefully his voice, I believe, is definitely needed in the Democratic Party, and it's an important voice. The uh, debate, the Democratic uh, primary debates happened in Iowa, and unfortunately, I was unable to watch, so I'm going to yield to the brother from uh, Wakanda. Brian and uh, the the senator from uh, New Jersey, Joe. <laughs> Since I completely missed all of it, I didn't even see anything about it. It at was all, so boring as shit. These debates are boring as fuck these days, dogs. Mm. The biggest part of the debate, I'm gonna be real with you. The biggest part of the debate is the whole, um, the whole interaction between Warren, Senator Warren and Senator Sanders. And Senator Warren has this big thing where she she's been saying that Senator Sanders told her that a woman could not become president. Which, I ain't gonna lie to y'all, sounds like a big fucking lie by Senator Warren or just a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. first off, Bernie Sanders kind of nominated Senator Warren and told her to become, to run for president in 2015. And just in, just in the last election, uh, um, Hillary Clinton won by three million votes, po- popular votes over uh, President Trump. So, I mean, like, he, he's not stupid. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it just sounds like a lie and it sounds ridiculous, but I mean it did make it did make some noise because um, Senator Warren shook everybody's hand but Bernie Sanders, and then they mm-hmm. had like a little tip tip um, after the debate. So I mean I I mean obviously that part made noise, but other than that, this shit was boring as fuck. I mean um, Joe Biden's rising and kind of and kind of solidifying his himself in the first in in the opening uh, uh, states of Iowa and New Hampshire, and if he does that, I mean it's 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 basically game over unless unless um bloomberg can like do some amazing shit and you know that's possible but but he bloomberg decided not to even fuck with the first states and that's the only reason i even mentioned him yeah. but other than that like this shit is it this it looks over because these guys this infighting it just looks real stupid at this point yeah and something i want to say this is like the this is like the seventh debate you know and um for the first one you know was broke up at the first two they were actually broke up into two nights and um, just the viewers on like the, the first two nights, they had um, almost 25 million viewers the first night and the second night of the first debate, they had 27 million viewers, you know what I'm saying? And um, it kind of just been like falling the ratings ever since, you know what I'm saying? When it came for the second one, they were getting about 12, 13 million a night. And the third one was just one night. It was about 14. I'm running down these numbers just, just to do them real quick. But mm-hmm. five was about like eight million. It's been like steadily going down. This one and the, the last one they had in December, um, like about a week before Christmas, that was the lowest at around six million, which is understandable because it's like Christmas time. But this one bumped back up to like 11, which is like, 
this is the smallest field, probably the maybe the 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 candidates you really got to kind of focus on. And folks don't really seem to be offered as much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, hell, they got another one on uh, February seventh. You know what I'm saying? I'm wondering what the ratings are going to be on that. Maybe it'll jump back up, but yeah, it'll like, be higher. Yeah, but like you said, like the highlight of the night or the biggest story from it was the um the new beef between Warren and uh and Bernie over that shit. Um I think that um just looking at like just from watching, I think like Pete Buttigieg did well. You know what I'm saying? He 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 did well in the debate. Um everybody else has pretty much had their little talking points. They did their thing. I, I like Klobuchar in the debate, but I don't really see her overpowering like the, the the three senior citizens and and Buddha judge and these like uh, caucuses and primaries I don't like yeah. to see it you know and shout out to Tom Steyer he seems like a a straight up guy who's a billionaire he's on the ground doing all this shit maybe it was to one day try to run for president or maybe it's just in his heart to like give back and do whatever I mean God bless everybody that's coming that came into this you know what I'm saying with uh, good intentions and really thought they could make change but when it comes down to it, we're just going to have to see how this shit starts to shake out. And like you said, it's kind of trash having Iowa and, like, New Hampshire, like, lead yeah. this shit off. Like, it's funny. You look at, like, the primary in New Jersey. Everything is pretty much set up by the time you get past what's that Super Tuesday or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. And, uh, it was, like, dead. Like, in New Jersey, like, Basically. You, just yeah. go into, you just go in just to, like, have your vote counted. You know what I'm saying? But it's, right. like, it's dead. Like, Everything's so, pretty set. Everything is already kind of already set. Yeah, so they gotta probably like revamp how that whole thing went, but I mean, I don't think the debate really deserves much more talk. You know, no, it wasn't as much as you know. Yeah, everybody pretty much played much. nice, and then that was that. They weren't even. I mean, maybe, maybe it would, maybe it means some more to somebody if if this was the first debate you saw, but not not <laughs> even then because it wasn't like they even talked about anything major. Like that's why I said the the one in February is going to mean a lot more to people because it's mm-hmm. going to be like post impeachment and mm-hmm. after like everybody gets to go mm-hmm. uh, um, to trial and, and shit like that. And, and, you know, the Trump trial and you're going to have this, it's going to be in the Senate, you know, those impeachment documents are going to be in the Senate mm-hmm. and it's going to be an actual trial. And so they're going to have more to talk about and more feelings to like evoke. But for this one, it was nothing. And I'll tell you, February uh, black history month, there will be probably no, there'll be no black candidates on these debates. And they will have three debates, one in the seventh in fucking New Hampshire, one on the, 19th in las vegas and one of the 25th in south carolina where they try to get all the black folks to you know maybe try to leave behind a little bit come fuck with us feels, <laughs> feels like overkill man but i can't wait for the south south carolina one because that's yeah. when they really get into their cultural bag so so B, they didn't really discuss um i guess there weren't any real nothing that i cared about mm-hmm. So there was nothing on the little, um, I don't want to say little, excuse me, nothing on uh, the, the situation that happened in Iran. No, and you know what? I mean, not re- not in a real way. But, but not, nothing more than what, than what we already know. Yeah, well, I oh. want to say this, right? I'm, I'm trying not to be long because, you know, I can go on. But I'm had a conversation with uh, um, one of my coworkers. He's, a, he's, he's in the military or whatever. And we were just um, like... We were just talking about the Bay House, a whole bunch of like just empty shit. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't too much like real stuff. When they went around and asked people, how would you be a great commander in chief? Yeah. Uh, you know, the Buddha judge can say he knows the he's been there. You know what I'm saying? So he yeah. knows all that shit. And everybody else, it was just like instead of saying like 
something real. They were like, Klobuchar's like, I've been in the Senate for 12 years. I voted on shit. It's like, when they ask you that, how you going to command like the armed forces, just say that you're going to fucking use your good judgment as a fucking level-headed person and have good people around you, generals that you trust and all these other people. Just say shit like that. I don't know. I feel like Biden said that, but but yeah. But I mean, yeah, Biden said it and but he's also like, yeah, I mean, yeah, Biden's the only one other besides Buttigieg that has anything to really stand on on this, besides, right. you know. So I mean, just, just I don't, folk, folks like every they time, and they have nothing. Every time people ask whatever question, people just try to pull it back to their agenda, you know. Elizabeth Warren, the child care, the universal health care, the free college, Bernie with the the whole world gonna be bubbling and burning and shit in like five years if we don't do something. And everybody goes back to their own talking points and shit. And then Biden is like, I've been there before. I've been, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole bunch of emptiness. And I mean, I'm going to keep watching because, you know, yeah. it's, it's, you know, we should. But man, fuck these debates, man. Like, yeah, nobody moved me, you know. Yeah. OK. All right. Well, cool. We can, just, we can move on. We can move on. Um, We can move on past that. However, uh, today. In impeachment news, I should say, and I'm reading this from The Guardian, the um, Nancy Pelosi and the I should say the House Democrats, you know, presented who will prosecute Donald Trump, excuse me, Donald Trump delivered articles of impeachment to the Senate and Senate Senate leader Mitch McConnell invited the managers to present the articles at noon tomorrow at 2 p.m. Chief Justice John Roberts, who will preside over the Senate trial, will be sworn in. The trial will begin in earnest on Tuesday. And I want to. You know, I, I watched it and, and I'll be honest, I didn't understand what I was watching when they were introducing the managers. And I, I, there's a lot that's in this article. and I don't think I need to read it all because I think they need to be broken down. What exactly I watched today or if anybody else watched it and kind of didn't understand outside of the articles, which was something that we've been waiting on. The manager part was something new to me or maybe I just wasn't. Don't remember what happened. No, it's new. It I mean, it, it, it would be new to most people. It'd be new okay, to okay. I mean, you know what I mean? That. I didn't understand. Yeah, that. that's deep seated. Break it down. No, I got nothing to break down because I don't. Okay. It's not like I'm a genius about it either. It, that's deep seated okay. Congress shit. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. It's just it's it's literally not typically for us, but we're getting to see it now because this is so, such a public affair. You see what I'm saying? Right. Okay. So I thought it was just me. I was like, damn, I don't remember nah. this. The Clinton. Nah. I was like. I don't. Maybe I missed it or I didn't remember. Oh, but you know, yeah, but I mean, there, there was. They didn't know what to put on twenty four seven news back then. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean. And now right, we're right. literally seeing everything. Maybe even sometimes when we don't even need to. Like I probably wouldn't have mentioned the manager's shit because that's some that's some deep them shit. Okay, okay, okay. You see what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I was watching and she said that, and I and I kind of I guess maybe I focused on that, and I was like, wait, I don't understand what's happening. I thought you were just presenting the articles, and there was this whole. I'm literally thing. not the only like one. That. Like I was watching, I watched you know Morning Joe's in the morning, um, and you know they were talking about it. Like you know people were confused. They're not in. You know what I mean? It's just something that unless you're you've been there or you know this shit or you know what I mean? Like it has nothing to do with us. Okay. Yeah, I mean they're just um, the managers. They're just they're like. They have to like persuade like other senators to like can well persuade like as a two thirds majority to convict Trump and remove him from office. I mean, I don't know how they're all gonna like work together. How it's all gonna be a fucking thing. I think it's gonna be a big kangaroo court. 
who knows what the fuck is going to happen. Oh, it will. You've seen, you've seen we've, trials before. Yeah. This is something. You've seen Congress trials before, and we, we've yeah. all watched them. We mostly laugh at them. This is a more serious one where the, everybody has something bigger on the line. I brought this up before. I mean, if, if Trump really gets removed from office, like that will affect the Republican Party for years to come. You know, we, we may not see a, another Republican president in our lifetime. That's why they're fighting so hard for this. It's not because they believe in Trump so much. It's because they believe in their party so much, and he could literally really destroy their party and the way and and the way people vote for a generation you see what i'm saying so they're going to be fighting like a motherfucker they already came up with this shit that i mean you know one of trump's guys uh, um uh, what is the name of the guy that 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 um they wanted to to, uh uh question anyway he said his name. Bolton. Yeah, Bolton. Okay. Bolton is going to be a, get questioned, and you know they didn't want to, they didn't want to question him, the Republicans. But now they're like, all right, well, if we got to question him because you know they started losing the votes on that because Romney and everybody started giving in, um, that then um, so now they're going to bring Hunter Biden in there. The Republicans are like, well, fuck it, if you're going to question Bolton, I'm going to question Hunter Biden. Like Hunter Biden has anything to do with this at all. But I mean, that's the type of shit that we're going to be dealing with here. This tit for tat, funny, funny style shit. Yeah, man. There's a lot of things I recently heard on Hunter Biden. I'll, I'll actually ask behind the scenes. I don't want to say that out because it could just be rumors and not true. But I, there, there's, I've heard some. You can. It's mostly, it's mostly rumors. I mean, I, I'm willing to discuss it because I mean, oh. it's all been out there. Like, well, no, nah, I mean, you know, just things that people that aren't actually aren't important to the political aspect of it, but just behind the scenes stuff like you know he's sleeping with his dead brother's wife and so on and so forth like stuff like that which don't really oh, yeah that's, that's yeah like, you know they always do shit like that <clears throat> like they used to say like it's, you know if somebody if somebody starts gaining traction i remember when john mccain was running against george bush jr i mean that's the way republican party works i remember when john mccain was running against george bush jr and they and they uh they said that john mccain had a black love child because <laughs> he had an adopted daughter, you know what I mean? Right, right. But they yeah. call, the one with but, the chin, I think. I think. Right, about. but they'll they'll twist things. So, so the Republicans, they don't, you know, they 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 have Fox News, they have AM radio, and then they have a, a, a sort of like these 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 websites, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so they'll infuse information in these websites, and they kind of control like not not public narratives because real journalists know they're just bullshit, but it's like. It's like underground narratives that you'll whisper and, and act like it's some secret that, that somebody knows. And, and I'm not disrespecting you, Alex. I'm just saying, like that. No, that yeah, that's exactly it. how. That's exactly how it works. It, it won't really be a public. It won't be. You won't see it on the news, and you'll be like, "You didn't hear this," and then nobody will ever refute it because real journalists don't want to attack those conversations. Yeah, right. I got it. I got it. But on to some more important news and some, you know, uh, I'll say historical news as well. The uh, Obama Presidential Center has been announced, and I'm just actually reading this directly from Obama.org. The Obama Presidential Center represents a historic opportunity to build a world-class museum and public gathering space that celebrates our nation's first African-American president and first lady. And it takes the steps away from where he began his career and where she was raised and together where they made their home. The center will be a landmark for the south side of Chicago and an economic engine for the city of Chicago will draw hundreds of thousands of visitors every year, creating thousands of new jobs on the south side of Chicago while giving new life to Frederick Law Olmsted's vision of a cohesive, walkable, and iconic Jackson Park. 
Um, that was just announced today. Obviously, there's going to be a lot more that's been that's going to be revealed, and I won't go through the whole uh, press release. But that is obviously significant for President Barack Obama. I know there's each president has a landmark once their presidency has ended, and so on and so forth. But obviously, with uh, President Obama, his historic presidency and the things that he accomplished, and with the symbol from which he represents, for it to be, you know. In the south side of Chicago, where he began, where she's from, is uh, an important moment in history for our culture. And I just leave it. I don't know if anybody has anything to add to that. No, I mean, it's a big, I mean, you know, it's a big thing. You know, presidents get to build these type of things. I'm looking for a big one from Obama from what I've from what I've read or heard. You know, I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, the 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 most. up to date on on and all but when i read or heard it's going to create a lot of jobs it's going right. it, to it, it's it's for helping economic influence in the community and all the rest of that shit and i mean it's south side of chicago i mean i think he's going to do a lot of great things for the south side of chicago i think he already has done a lot of great things for south side of chicago and you know it's meaningful i mean I, we're, we're going to keep an eye on that it's something we're going to bring up later on i'm sure yeah exactly exactly um New movies that came out, and I know we're coming out of the holidays. There was a lot that happened. Um, we gave, we had a couple of, you know, real short podcasts because it was the holiday and a lot of things that we didn't get into. And I want to, um, specifically speaking about this movie, uh, Just Mercy, which stars Michael B. Uh, Michael B. Jordan and uh, Jamie Foxx, among others. And oh, my daughter just went and watched that shit. Say it again. I said, oh, my daughter just went and watched that shit. She said, yo, I got to go watch it. She was crying and all upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I just saw I just saw clips of it, obviously. I haven't seen it. Um, and I'm going to refer to Ann because I know he was um, – he actually saw the movie, per se. But it is Michael B. Jordan who's playing uh, defense attorney Brian Stevenson, who's actually, from what I understand, a lot of things what I'm speaking to with interviews that I've seen with Brian Stevenson himself and other lawyers – that he is kind of sort of a legend in the legal community for the work that he has done in getting people off of death row, who was in this specific movie defending Walter McMillan, played by Jamie Foxx in the movie, who was accused of murder in a town he had never been in, in a city that he had never been in at the time this murder was convicted. He was sitting on death row for six years. And I just thought, and I mentioned it, you know, some of the things that we should talk about because I saw and I, and I definitely want Ant to give more insight to it, but I just want to say this about Jamie Foxx. I saw an interview on him um, on Ellen when he was talking about it. He was very emotional about it and how he connected to the character. And he said that he connected to the character because as a young black man who himself had his father taken away from him for seven years, as he said, for his father was found with uh, $25 worth of uh, concealed, I believe it was marijuana or something. He was put in jail. His father was put in jail and taken away from him. For seven years. And his father was a teacher who taught uh, young black kids and tried to get them out of trouble and actually brought this judge to talk to young kids and fought for young kids not to have uh, detrimental sentences. He was convicted by the same judge who he sought to help these kids. He was convicted for seven years and taken away from Jamie for seven years for twenty five dollars worth of marijuana. And just watching him, and I encourage people to, it's about a maybe three or four minute clip. You can just look up Jamie Foxx on Ellen and you'll see it. And like I said, I haven't seen the movie, but how passionately and how, you know, you can see that he was broken up about that and then relating it to the character. 
that he played, this gentleman, Walter McMillan, who was taken from his family for seven years, not only taken away from his family, excuse me, for six years, he was on death row. So not only was he put in jail, he was put on death row. Death row. Did not, that, he did, that he did not do. And the relation that Jamie had to the character, I can't wait to see it, to see what he poured into this character and what happened in the movie. But, and you could go ahead and take it away because I haven't seen it. I'm just giving more of a bit of a background on, you know, the story itself. But I, I haven't seen the movie. <clears throat> hold, on, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on, Ann. I just wanted to say, this is the time where you get to tell people if it is a happy ending or not a happy ending. Because... <laughs> Uh, we no, know. I'm just saying it because it's a true story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to ruin the surprise, but yeah, it's a happy ending. Every Everything kind of works out in the end. But that's probably like the saving grace of the movie. I mean, more than anything else, it just kind of deals with institutional racism, uh, especially when it comes to the legal system, especially when it comes to the political system. You see all the trials and tribulations that he has to go through. I mean, without ruining the movie, he gets arrested and he's on trial. And Brian Stevenson, again, played by Michael B. Jordan, comes down there and is inter- he's interested in a bunch of cases. Like he, he wants to wants to do some good. So he goes down there and he's working on his case and he he's working on a few actually um, death row inmate cases. A few of them, actually. And um he runs across this case and he just it just it catches his imagination. He just looks at it like this guy shouldn't be in prison. The the evidence is flimsy, the witnesses are not solid, and it's basically not him committing a crime because he didn't commit a crime. It just basically the system just kind of worked against him and everything that could possibly go wrong did go wrong. Um there's there's not I don't it's not really a thing that I say I want to ruin the movie I guess it's more like it's something that if, if people out there listening I really want them to go out there and get a chance to experience um because because Jamie is great in the role he um it's like it's a really how can I put it it's a real like he he's not like outlandish or anything like that. It's, it's a very calm quiet role like he handles everything that's going on with a lot of grace, which is kind of surprising because anyone else going through that situation would not handle it in that fashion. Uh, Michael B. Jordan's great because uh, he, he really does a great job as Brian Stevenson because he plays like this guy who's out of his depths, not necessarily as a lawyer, but he's not understanding like the social climate of the South at that time and how like him as a lawyer, like, well, this guy's obviously innocent, but Sometimes innocent ain't got nothing to do with it. Sometimes it's just the way places, time, circumstances lead to certain consequences that's outside of people's control. Well, not outside of people's control, but just those in power. They want you to be a particular place. They'll find a way to put you there. Um, but all in all, it's an excellent movie. Um, I felt it probably should have been nominated for an Oscar, which we'll get to in a moment. But um, I think if anyone really has a chance to go see it, you should definitely get a chance to check it out. I know there's some other interesting movies coming out this weekend. I know people are excited for Bad Boys for Life, but um, like I said, it's, it's a long weekend. And like I said, we started off talking about Dr. King, and we're going to speak about, you know, the fight against racial injustice, inequality, and the fight in the system. This is something that that would be strong and something that would kind of speak towards his legacy, and I think people should check out. 
And just to, um, before anybody's comments, just to just to say, and I think it's important to say this case happened in Montgomery, Alabama, especially when you're speaking to Dr. Martin Luther about when you related it to that. This happened in Montgomery, Montgomery, Alabama, where he had to fight this case in the 80s. You know, and if you know anything about Montgomery, Alabama, if you know anything about uh, Martin Luther King, you know what the situation, the, excuse me, the climate is in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Just a little bit more about Brian A. Stevenson. You know, he is the executive director of the Equal Justice Initiative. Um, he is a Harvard graduate and he's actually currently a New York uh, professor at, at NYU uh, Law. So it's, it's, I'm really just focusing more on him because I think, you know, it is a movie and it, it appears to be a great movie as Ann spoke to, but, you know, just more about the man that is behind what this story is really about. Yeah, that's dope, man. I look forward to seeing it. You know what I'm saying? I, I love uh, movies like this that show uh, the black struggle because, uh, hell, I mean, I, I don't think any of us grew up with like silver spoon in our mouths and stuff, but um, just growing up where we grew up, um, it's like you might have like the run-ins with the cops and shit, cops harass you a bit, but just like the thought of like just uh, being in some place where that shit, that fucking like racism is like ingrained in, you know what I'm saying, from like damn near birth and shit, and to fucking just have to go through some shit like that to be like falsely accused and imprisoned in fucking death row. That's just fucking crazy, but no, I mean, I look forward to. Yeah, that's why I don't fuck with Alabama to this day, you know, man. Um, well, <laughs> cool, cool, yeah, yeah, Montgomery is, yeah, that's like down there and shit, but uh, word, yeah, but uh, I mean, it was a really, really, really good movie from what Ann said. How were the performances, real quick? Not don't you're not going depth and shit. Uh, Michael B and Jamie Foxx, just those two. How, how, Michael B have? is a face actor. Get on him first. Okay, yeah, Joe Button podcast listener, but uh, fucking, <laughs> but uh, he is I, though. Like I, but but see, seriously, I thought about it, and I started looking through the movies that that, or even the television shows that you that Michael B. Jordan is in. What's a good acting job? Like, what's the Michael B. Jordan good acting job? I mean, the shit is this, man. He is what he is. He's a good enough actor. People say the same shit about fucking Channing Tatum. He's a fucking movie star. Exactly. He is. He's he's the black Channing Tatum. Yeah, and Channing Tatum was winning, and Channing Tatum actually had a couple little roles where he really got to shine a little bit. And I think Michael B. Jordan has been pretty damn solid in all of his shit. But I want to know Anthony seen this nigga in probably his most. And well, I mean, shit, that nigga killed his Oscar Grant, yo. Fuck that shit. But um, and Killmonger, so stop it. But and Creed, nigga. But Anthony, no. Back, back to question, Anthony. <laughs> Fucking mm-hmm. on on a rate on a scale of one to ten, how was Jamie? On a scale of one to ten, how was Michael B. Jordan? Jamie's a nine. Michael the seven. Okay. All right. That's that's I heard, I heard I a nice little C minus. Right. I, I, I heard I'll that's probably that. rate him. I probably rated Michael B. Jordan at a seven most times. I, I heard that the, the the court scenes are the ones that, you know. There, there's some court scenes in there with the, the interaction with Michael B. Jordan and what he's saying and the emotion that he exudes. And again, I'm just this is I'm just regurgitating. I mean, up. yo, son, I'm gonna say this, Alex. I know you appreciate this movie a lot, but I'm gonna just say it right now. <laughs> like, 
fucking this is one of those movies where it ain't really hard to get the fucking emotion. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like uh, I know it's a fiction um, book by like Grisham. I love and shit. Time to kill. Fuck uh, it. Yes, they should die. I hope they burn in hell. Niggas hope they burn in hell. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. it's, it, these, this isn't like oh shit, man. They really got the post, nigga. Yeah. I could do that. I, I could do that. Dead I, ass. I could probably do it better I than Michael know. B. Jordan, even as a face-ass actor. And she, even if I went as a face-ass actor, I, I can know. get you emotion and deliver this shit, nigga. Yes. This is one of the shits where it's easy. I don't know if you delivered that Sam Jackson line. I don't know if you could deliver it. Like, well, his, 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 hold on. Wait, here's the break thing. it down, the, Brian. Tell the, the thing with the Sam Jackson line is, is, that, is that you're used to hearing it in Sam Jackson's voice, and so now he owns it in your head to you. Yep. But, yeah, he does. I, I would put it in a different way, but I put my emotions in there. Shit, it, it wouldn't take me far to, to if you don't fuck around and kill my daughter and did all that shit. Hell yeah, I'm getting on the stand and bugging out like that. Well, if you stand there defending a black man who was like totally fucking railroaded, yes, and yeah. also like fucking like all all of that shit, man. Fucking Malcolm, oh, it's like this. If you got Jamie Foxx is a damn good actor, you know what I'm saying? Oh, so yeah. I wouldn't expect unless the script was trash. There's no way that Jamie Foxx wouldn't body being, you That's know, playing broke ass fucking yeah. nigga that got rail, broke ass brother that got railroaded and all of this shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like yo, it's like so. I mean. Man, even even honestly, it was an easy script. It was an easy script. It was God, it's dumb easy. I mean, yeah. and the dude, I think the book was a bestseller uh, when dude wrote it and shit. Um, yeah, 2014, 15, something like that. The book came out. But I mean, yo, man, I'm not trying to step on your toes, Alex. But this is the shit. That, I didn't see it, it, so I can't. I can't really go to bat. And and even, I didn't see it either, but story. I don't think it matters. And even the Jamie yeah. story, I appreciate Jamie telling that story and shit. He's talking about his emotion. He's also selling a movie. And yeah. it's, it's easy, you know what I'm saying? Him connecting to this. She probably connected even more with like Ray Charles because he played the piano and shit. But yeah, well, I mean, yeah. God, Look, God bless I, these folks. I, and we could get and we could get off it, but it's just a movie that I guess we could score for what Anne said a movie that everybody yeah. actually has Brian's daughter suggested to him. Yeah. He but, you know, on another note, I just think Jamie's probably one of the top five most talented people. Period. I'm not gonna yeah, say he's a premier, just in general. He's, he's, he's a premier talent, talent. folks. Yeah. You no, know, so he got nominated for SAG Award, I think, even though he got snubbed by the Oscars. But speaking of the Oscars, though. Mhm. I don't have anything on the Oscars because I didn't see the <laughs> Oh, God. Bro. Me neither. <laughs> well, I'll say this about the Oscars, right? Fucking, they ain't nominate not nah, nigga for shit. Um, they nominated the sister that played Harriet, Harriet Tubman. I mean, Harriet, who played Harriet Tubman and Harriet. Other than that, it was pretty whitewashed. You know what I'm saying? And there's a movie that we all like that we saw on Netflix that got a couple of nominations and shit. Marriage Story. We're probably going to talk about it on the next podcast or something, but I mean, the main thing with the Oscars, and also they snubbed um, J-Lo and shit, which was like, oh, you know, that shit broke my heart. And like Anthony said, they snubbed um, Just Mercy. You know, all of that, but I mean, they seventeen in that bitch, didn't they? You said either what now? I bet they got 1917 in that bitch. Oh, 1917 probably gonna win it. I mean, they got. I mean, as for like for best um picture, they had fucking uh Ford vs Ferrari. I tried to watch it late the other night. I fell asleep. It was pretty good, I guess. Irishman. I don't know what the fuck Jojo Rabbit is. I've been seeing it around. Uh, Joker. I love that shit. 
fucking everybody shit. told me to watch Jojo Rabbit. I watched the shit. It is fucking stupid. I don't know why people, black people, have told me to watch it. Like it's stupid. I, I, like I, I don't respect it. But whatever. All right, and that, and then the Joker's in. I, I like Joker. Then this little woman's fucking movie. I did not see the little woman. I won't see it. I don't think Some, it came out yet, did it? Um, oh, somebody, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. Who cares? I'm sure, the screener came out at least. Fuck yeah, it. Who cares? Uh, 1917. Fucking the long, boring, fucking uh, Tarantino movie. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, oh, some, boring. I like that movie actually. I thought it was boring at times. I thought it was slow. Maybe I was expecting a different type. Of, I, I think I was I, expecting more of a glorious um, really bastards Django. I came uh, into it thinking, listening to everybody call it boring, and waiting to like hate it. And so <laughs> I, and so for like maybe the first half hour or whatever, I was like, oh, this shit is stupid. But then the more I watched of it, like I got it, I understood it. It was old Hollywood, oh. Oh, and then they cut. And then and then they they put they they kind of rewrote history in it, which I mm-hmm. thought was kind of cool too. Like the 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 changes they made to history, I thought it was a cool. I thought it was a cool movie. I didn't oh, think no, no, I liked it. And when when I went into it, I actually went on a matinee on like the day it dropped. Mm-hmm. Nobody told me shit about. It. Like, oh, this is here. I watch it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that's in there. And it wasn't a bad movie. It was just slower times for me. But it was. Just, I just got a quick question. Maybe Ann can answer, or maybe somebody else. What is Bombshell? What movie is Bombshell? I watched it. I'm watching it tonight. Yo, get off of yo, this. watch that movie, y'all. Is that I watched Megan it by Kelly? accident. Is that the yeah. Megyn Kelly thing? Yeah. Okay. I watched yeah. it by I didn't know what it was about. Okay, Alex, just the thing. I turned it on. I had zero idea what it was about. I just saw three white women in, in a thing and it looked like a it, it looked like a good picture. Like I keep on going to the Harriet movie, but I don't like the way the picture looks. Like just the literal picture of Harriet with that hat on. I just think it looks stupid, so I just never watch it. Mm-hmm. Right? I thought it was cool the, the the way the bombshell thing looks like with them in the elevator and shit like that. And so like I, I watched it and I had no idea what it was about, but that shit is it, it's worth a watch, yo. That that and old the way Fox was running that where, shit. Where is it on? What is it on? What is it is it on? What is it? It's in theaters, I believe. Oh, oh like yeah. Watch I only watched he, it in theater. Yeah, he went to the theater. And I'm going tonight for a really late show. <laughs> to the theater? <laughs> Where okay, is it? Theater. No, no, I didn't know. I honestly, no, I honestly didn't know. Yeah. I, I didn't know. And um, while we're talking about movies, um, you know, I believe the um, Aaron Hernandez stories on Netflix jumped yeah, out. Is on yeah, Netflix. it just popped up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a so, three-part show. Uh, um, you think each one is like an hour? I'm not sure if I'm gonna. I'm not sure if I'm gonna learn anything because there was a great series, uh, podcast series on it that was about seven to eight parts where they kind of really broke everything down that I listened to. And really sometimes cool. it ain't about learning something. Sometimes it's about watching some content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I've watched Fire Festival t- two or three times. Goddamn it, <laughs> we did. You know what I mean? <laughs> it wasn't like they was gonna teach me some shit. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh want to for a power uh episode. I don't know what episode it is. I think this is the second episode or was this the first episode back? It's episode twelve. It's episode twelve. Y'all gotta, gotta get into it. <laughs> nope, right, look, into I'm gonna tell you I'm okay, I'm gonna tell you about it like this, right? We talked about in the last ep- the last episode how um I thought it was a really great episode. It was featured around Dre showing his lead up a couple days before Ghost gets shot. And the one thing everybody kind of didn't like was this whole different type of storytelling they did. And one thing I said was, Not you know, that was me. That was you, Anthony, too. And what's the name? For different reasons. A, so that's everybody. Yeah, for different reasons. Okay. And 
we're both kind of weary if they're going to like, you know, Larry or whatever, if they're going to keep doing this type of shit. And yeah, they did. Um, they took one of the least interesting characters from the whole series, mm-hmm. um, Dead Angela's, do- I mean, Dead Angela's uh, sister. Mm-hmm. And they showed Dead Angela's family, which was trash. Her father's like fucking uh, got yeah. Alzheimer's and her fucking nephew was like, yo, man, when we get in Dead Angela's yeah, fucking her, pension, yeah. when we get in Dead Angela's pension so I don't pay for college or shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But all in all, it was a, they made someone I really never cared about during the series have a pretty good story. So it was like another good episode, but it was someone we don't care about. And they had little tidbits. It all seems to be about like little Easter eggs or little things that they're showing to like, you know, foreshadow the future of the next episode. So, I mean, we could talk about this episode. Y'all probably didn't fuck with it. I don't have, I, I don't have anything on it, to, to be honest with you, Joe. You're right. I mean, it, <laughs> I, it, it's basically, so here's the thing, like for the reason I did not like the, um, the Dre episode is the reason I kind of found, felt like this was annoying, but if this is the way that they're going to close it out, I'm going to stop being annoyed by it because it's just become a thing. I'm just going to treat this as a mini series. Yeah. And that's pretty much what these yeah. last how many episodes seem to be. It's like, kind of like, okay, we finished the shit. This nigga got shot. And it appears this motherfucker's dead. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people think he lied, but like spoiler, if you ain't watching yet, there's a scene where motherfuckers is at the insurance place getting money. So this nigga either dead as yeah. shit or he really faked his death because motherfuckers yeah. getting paid or yeah. ghosts being dead and shit. So yeah, it's not easy to get paid like that. Off yeah, the, off it's not. Time. So like we'll we'll have to see. Even though one of my favorite Grisham books, um, God, what the name? I think it's called The Partner. Motherfucker faked this. It was beautiful. I wish they would have made a movie starring George Clooney. This was years ago though. Right. But anyway, um, nah, man, like. The episodes are pretty well written, and it's kind of like a cool way they're unveiling shit. But okay, Anthony, shit on how it's written. No, I, I said it last time, man. I, I, I hate the Rashomon shit. I really do. I can't stand it. It's so lazy. You what makes it, it lazy? That's the thing. I mean, it, the whole show has been fucking taken from any fucking crime drama we've ever fucking See, seen. This bro. is why. No, no, wait, wait, wait. But can I just say, though, this is why I wanted to, to separate my reason for not liking it from Anthony's, because everything is based on something else at this point Pretty in time. Much. You know what I mean? Like the, the way things are written, they're all taught different styles and everybody uses a different style. Pulling up a Rajaman style is not lazy. It's actually a it's style actually, of writing. Yeah, and it's a pretty good one. It has yeah. not really been used by a whole bunch of people. I mean, shit, one of the one of probably my favorite directors, Quentin Tarantino, his main thing is to pull shit from like different movies. He's a way better fucking like writer and storyteller than these motherfuckers in that writing room in power. But it's like that's what art is, fucking the best art is stolen shit. You know what I'm saying? So taking his style, so that's it. So, I mean, so I don't really get, Anthony, why you're so mad that they took this style. It's like Brian is like, okay, all of a sudden y'all switch styles at the end. That's wild. But you like, yo, using someone else's method of storytelling is crazy, even though we've seen a million remakes of fucking Romeo and Juliet and shit. He probably stole, Shakespeare probably stole that from a nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck, nigga. Like, is it really that bad, Anthony? Is it really because it doesn't tie back into the main story directly. Like, you're getting all these perspectives that you should have got a while ago. Like, you established all of this before. So then it kind of makes more sense. No one ever cared about Paz at all. But you create an entire episode about her and her family. Shit that should have been established before this point. Like, if you want to go back to it at that point, sure, I get it. But you can't go ahead and try to do it now 
about characters that are not really established. Like I'm, I know they're eventually going to have one about Tommy. Obviously, if you've seen it, you know why because of how the, the last episode ended. You're going to have one about Tasha, even though she's kind of involved with it. You're going to have one about Tariq, and you, then you're going to have one about Tate. They're not going to have one more about anybody else because they only have three more episodes. So, yeah, I mean, they pulled. But the thing is this. They have actually give given us pieces of what the fuck was going on. That's the brilliance of it, actually. They took fucking Dre was pretty easy because we all because Dre was kind of a main character um, at different times in the show. So seeing how the story ended was you know kind of important and shit. But they actually made an episode about Pod's fucking like really like strip away some layers and shit, you know what I'm saying, and actually show us some shit, so I think that's kind of the brilliance of it, that they took something we don't fucking care about, and they made a good episode that actually furthered the story, and it still keeps you guessing, you know what I'm saying, that's the thing, this is the most suspense that they've actually had, the whole who shot go shit was like, I feared that they would come back and just have an episode with everybody that could have shot ghosts, and, if, and that would have been the lazy ride, have everybody that could have shot ghosts in fucking interrogation rooms, and then they're gone, and then Cooper Sacks is looking for shit behind the scenes, even though he's a yeah, fucking... Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, I thought they were going to do it, and that would have been lazy, and that would have been our continuation of the lazy writing of this fucking season, and probably some of last season, but they actually did not do this. Like, they actually hired, like, a couple of good writers to come in here and say, hey, how about we flip it like this? So, I mean, this is better than you would have imagined it to have been. Is it the absolute best thing that you would that it could be? No, but it is way better than what the fuck we all thought we were gonna get at the end, and that's facts, yo. It's it's annoying because it's a red herring because everyone that they're bringing up, none of them shot him. And that's how you kind of like strip away the shit. You want you want to come back the next episode it's like, yo, Tariq shot yeah. that nigga and shit. No, and then when yeah, that's kind of how they had to do it. They had to do it like this, yeah. bro. This is fucking genius. If I mean, you if you choose this style, then this is the way that you had to do it. I I mean I completely understand all those points though, Aaron. But but I can tell you who shot him right now. Okay, tell us. Ramona shot him. Ramona Quimbley. Yeah. I just made that name up, nigga. <laughs> I should have know her last name, but she shot him. Because everything else is a red herring. Everyone else has been involved with it. No one is there. The one that's literally closest to him and the one yeah. that can literally sneak up behind him and, and shoot him without him being unaware of it at all is her. It would be interesting. Everyone, and everyone else, everyone else, he'll hear a see coming. There are only two people inside that. Everyone else has to enter that building and a dead quiet building where you hear every footstep, every door opening. There are two people inside there. One's dead, one's not. Mm, I like Damn. that, Anthony. So yeah. You so you're the nigga that goes to see the fucking murder mystery shit, and you figure it out. You mad because you figured it out. No, you I'm should be happy if that. that's what happened. You should be happy. It means you smarter than niggas or was mm-hmm. more clever than niggas. When I said, now, yo, I, I told hold niggas on, that was going to get shot, nigga. I and, told him that early. Randy going to get shot. Well, hold on, but and, if if, if it's not Ramona, are, are you gonna are you gonna double back and say, oh, okay, I like this shit now? No. If so then, nigga, what's your complaint? 
See, this is what I'm talking about. Separate my opinions from Anthony's opinions. I, I know. That's the last episode. That was one of the main things I was doing. I was like, you don't like it because it's yeah. a big switch up. Anthony yeah. doesn't like it because it's a fucking writing. It's a fucking storytelling <laughs> method that he saw in a fucking movie like twice. Yeah, like, you know I, what I'm saying? Let's, <laughs> like, let's move on. We can move past power, man. We, 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 well, we've overexhausted. But, but here's yeah. the thing, Alex. You, no, you, you no thing. A, you, mentioned, you mentioned the power to the method Mary shit. Do you have anything no. like no, no, no. I have, I have nothing on it. I was just, and I just saw that. I don't, I don't, I don't. We didn't really mention that meth was. We said that Mary was going to be the new one. We just didn't mention meth. There was just a, a simple mention that meth and meth has been added to the cast. That was it. Yeah, well, that's cool, man. I just want to say, so if you don't mind, Alex, I would like to transition into the next topic. Is that okay? All right. So I'm gonna say this. Anthony said that. People should go see Just Mercy. He says, no, it's going to be like a big weekend with Bad Boys for Life coming out. And yes, Bad Boys for Life is coming out fucking right after we drop this pod and shit before our next one. Um, And it's the return of like this really fucking dope franchise. I like the first one. I like the second one. Martin Lawrence is a fucking genius and shit. Fucking Will Smith is a fucking mega fucking movie star. And uh. But the main thing we want to talk about since we haven't seen the movie yet, I was one. I, I like pose a question: Which movie did you think was better from the franchise, the first one or the second one? Oh, I don't the first know. one. And, and give a little. Okay, before anybody, you say the first one and give like at least a minute or so why you think the first one's better than the second. I thought the two was. I thought number two was too involved. It did have some funny parts, but I thought they did. They just had a lot of money to do some shit, and I think they kind of lost direction on what to do. But because they had the money to do it, they just did shit just to do it. Then they did shit that just simply wasn't necessary, whereas one was kind of fresh, and everything that happened I felt was necessary within the movie to happen. I thought two was too long. Like I said, and I've said this before, I fell asleep in the theater on it. I I, I think everything, I kind of, that was not my perspective at all. Because I don't really have a take on which one was better at all, but I think Alex made a great, real point right there. I think that he, you know, I could see exactly what he's talking about. They had the money in the second one, and they just wanted to use it. The first one, it was two of the largest black shows coming together, and you know they put everything into it in the writing, the styling, and everything like that. And then the second one, it was like, all right, now you got Gabrielle Union in the shit for no reason. It was like, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I, so I, I think I agree with him. I, 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 I'm, I'm with Alex on this one. Okay, Anthony. You, you, I mean, you, you're seeing that partnership for the first time. Um, it was a while since you really saw kind of in their prime black stars kind of grouping together and doing a movie like it. And the first one is really focused on their their friendship, their partnership, them being together, them getting to little hijinks that they do. And I mean, it was. It was like imagine Miami Vice, but both characters are black, and it's like an hour and forty-five minutes. You made it perfect. Like, um, any of y'all seen Six Underground? Yep. Yeah. Right. All right. So Michael Bay directed that. And Michael Bay directed it. Directed mm-hmm. uh, Bad Boys too, as well. The thing yeah. is that when you let Michael Bay do Michael Bay shit. It, it's it's going to go insane. He's going to blow up a bunch of shit. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be body and guts all over the place. And I mean, mm-hmm. parts of it are like kind of funny, but like. You get these little like side tracks in, in Bad Boys too that you don't get with one. I think with one, like I say, you you just focus on Martin and Will and their playoff of each other. 
they had, I mean, it's good to have Gabrielle Union in part two, but you add in a bunch of other characters and it's like other sidetrack and everything else like that. The beauty of one is just seeing these two guys that both that pretty much. Okay, well, let me say let me say my little piece of shit real quick. All right, all right. If I have to pick which one I thought was better, I would probably go with one, but it's a lot closer to for me than it seems to be for y'all. Like Michael. No, 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 no. It's it's really close. That's what I was gonna get to. Okay, go. So I that that was the thing. Like I, I hate to always have to disagree with Ann, but like the fact that Michael Bay was in it and I saw black people like doing in those types of scenes, I thought that was all I'd never seen that before. You know what I mean? Like so I thought that part of it was really awesome to me. I could watch Black Boys 2 every night for a while. Like that it was it was that and the red movies, like Bad Boys One and Two and Red mm-hmm. One and Two. I used to, I used to be able to watch that like any any like it was one of the movies you could put I could put on any night. You know what I mean? And I'm not like that with every movie. And let me say it's about the Bad Boys one, the first one. Like, fucking Michael Bay and fucking Jerry Bruckheimer, they directed and produced that first one, too. The only difference was, I'm just looking here, I know this is exact numbers, but Wikipedia says that they had a $19 million budget. And uh-huh. they said the second one had a $130 million budget. Uh-huh. Right. And yes, it was about 35 minutes longer. But I'll tell you this. The first one was this great story. We got to see two of our favorite, like, black people on TV be fucking big time fucking movie stars. And shout out to Martin. They said that Martin was the one that would say, yo, bring Will in on this. You know what I'm saying? Mm, he does, that shit, yeah. That's just magic. And that shit, Will says it. That shit made him, like, a fucking movie star. And then you add Independence Day and the... Men in Black shit, then it's dope. Now, the second one, they took a long time for that shit to come back. When it came back, the budget was massive. You know what I'm saying? And like Brian said, you got to see fucking... You got to see fucking Martin Lawrence and fucking Will Smith do fucking... Uh, fucking, uh... Action shit. Yeah, you got to see him do fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger, fucking, uh... Sly Stallone, like, fucking over-the-top, like, action shit. You know what I'm saying? And it was fucking dope. And yes, that movie was long, but I remember being in the theater watching it, and it was just so much fun. They still had the same fucking chemistry. It was just a bigger, like a bigger look. And it all to me, it all uh, when I watched it, it almost felt like a video game because it was like every time they finished, <laughs> they played a little um uh the I think it was from the Shake It Shake a Tail Feather from that bad that soundtrack was fine for the second one. Yeah, but they, they played they, they played, played, played a little bit of the instrumental of that shit and it was like you passed another level in the game. And <laughs> yes, and, and honestly, bringing in Gabrielle Union, I will never be mad that they brought in a fine ass sister to be a part of the story. You know what I'm saying? And that's it. I mean the first one because it was like cheaper and shit and fucking niggas didn't have as much to work with make they make you feel like oh this was better but yo they blew up hella shit you know what i'm saying and that is just fucking dope man but all all that to being said i would go with y'all with the first one but like brian i'm like more it's, it's closer to me it isn't like yo that second one they was wild and that shit was trash you know what i'm saying it's not that and, and let's see what they do with this one. I'm looking here. Wikipedia said the budget is 90 million. That's less. Maybe it'll be more to your liking with this bad boy. So like, or yeah, maybe it costs less to do some of the more. It costs less to do that shit now. You're yeah. right, because it's like 15 years. Yeah, since yeah, the yeah. We saw the um, and, and you know, just to reference what we saw on the um, the Breakfast Club interview with uh, Martin and Will, which I thought was dope. You know, yeah. they kind of spoke to a lot of things that you know, it just they, they just don't need to take a lot of the budget that they had before to do some of the things they did. And stuff like that. Um, but speaking of Will, 
and uh, Martin, because as you said, Joe, they're from two of the biggest franchises at that time. Martin Lawrence with the Martin Show, and you know, Fresh Prince with, um, excuse me, Will Smith, whereas the Fresh Prince and those two, you know, monstrosity of shows that were on that we both and that we all enjoyed. They were on, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm big them up. Yeah, I'm gonna say that. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stand by that. <clears throat> of those shows. I know there's always been the whole, you know, there's people that love my, and I think, I don't know if it's generational or not, but there's people that, because I can't remember the time frame. I don't know if they were at the same time or maybe they were at the same time. time. Right. Martin, oh, show, Martin Show ran from 92 to 97, and The Fresh Prince of Bel Air ran from 90 to 98. So they were essentially oh, on the same time. At the same time. So two years, yeah, just a two year lag there. So Martin, and I don't want to say versus, but, you know, Martin and The Fresh Prince, which one of those did you guys enjoy more? I mean, for me, uh, it's a Fresh Prince, but I won't speak. I'll speak. Yeah, to I was you. a Fresh Prince type nigga. Y'all. I ain't gonna lie to you. I know people. There's a lot of niggas who like uh, they they'll watch every Martin episode now. You know what you mean? Like, I mean? Like I I don't I don't turn to I'm not a turn on Martin type nigga, y'all. At all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's like no, I'm just there's not. There's no that depth. Kind. There's no depth. Yeah. yeah. Watch it like that. Well, here's my here's my thing, right? I watched it when it was on though. Yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah, but like here's my thing with it, right? I, I'm gonna go with like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air being a better show because they actually attached, uh, attacked the like a whole bunch of different like topics in it, and I think Will said it on like the Breakfast Club and um, on Sway interview and probably said it a bunch whenever he comes up with it, or whenever they bring it up. But it was really dope seeing like uh, the Silver Spoon kids like Carlton and uh, Hillary and Ashley. And then seeing Will being like from the hood, you know what I'm saying? And those were like the roles. Okay, you got the hood kid and you got the rich kids and shit. And you had and it was dope just seeing like the evolution of like Will and like Carlton and all the characters. And it really showed that Will was just as smart, if not smarter, than like Carlton or those fucking white kids that they went to school with and shit. He just was like a little more hood with it. You know what I'm saying? It kind of broke down that whole class shit, I think. But on the side of Martin. I said this many times, the Martin show, I I never missed the episode back then. And like, yo, I really don't watch too many now. I can't remember the last time I actually watched the Martin episode. But the brilliance of that show was this show wasn't about much. You know what I'm saying? Like I heard Martin say it was old showing black love, me and Gina shit. Yeah, that was there. I guess that was like the center of the show. But the reason that show ran as long as it did and was a fucking instant hit was because this nigga Martin is fucking incredible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he went there and he did the characters. I look back and I think, oh, some of them was silly. But at the time, it was like, oh, he doing Shenanigans. Oh, he doing Roscoe. Oh, he do. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. It was great. And that was the brilliance of it. It was like this, this ghetto show led by one of the best comedians of his generation. You know what I'm saying? Who was Who we knew was about the culture who we loved and shit, and he carried that whole fucking cast. I mean, after him, I, th- I think Tachina Arnold was dope, but everybody else was kind of just there. They was like, to me, you know what I'm saying? I love the ensemble, but it was like Martin really carried that show more than Will had to carry his show, but um, I think they're both, like, you know, really important shows for the time, more so Martin because it was a black show that had hella great ratings and shit, and he carried it, and he went on to be a fucking dude making like 10 and 20 million dollars for certain films after that so like i mean but yeah fresh prince kind of bodies it though like i can't i can't even try to be on the other side of it. i think we all agreed on 
that and the bad boy shit. So. Yeah. Word. Word. Um, the block was more. Guys, guys. No, no, no. I mean, Fresh Prince is pretty much it was iconic. I mean, it was from NBC, the same station that housed Cosby Show for all those years. So it was kind of like the heir apparent for that. I think that people will remember, they might remember the characters in Martin better, but there are just certain scenes and certain episodes of, of Fresh Prince that kind of stick out in your mind. Like everyone, everyone always goes back to the one um, about him and his father. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's not just a good episode. Like it's literally iconic. Like you really got to see like not Will Smith, this kind of goofy, silly guy, but like uh, this is him. Like this is him acting, him being an yeah. actor, mm-hmm. and that, like like oh so so he can be that. And you see later in his career, he kind of became that. I think Martin's impact was just because like. He was one of the great comics of our time. He happened to get the show. He carried the show. But I think more than anything else, I think it was just him being the lead for that two-hour block on Fox that is just as important. Like I said, you have him, you have Living Single, you have New York Undercover. I mean, that shit just captured my attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, just for the, the importance of shows, I would say Fresh Friends. For, like, you know, Martin being the lead show in a block of shows that focus on people of color, it's not a bad second place. Yeah, and and Martin was was the hip hop show, and it wasn't mm-hmm. like just like regular. It wasn't like above ground hip hop. It was like hip hop, hip hop. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah niggas like Redman and them on there. You know what I mean? Biggie would be on there. You see what I'm saying? Like <laughs> niggas, it wasn't. You know what I mean? Before, like you know what I mean? You didn't have to have a commercial hit crazy like. You know what I mean? It was like some hip hop shit. Tommy Hearns episode, classic from Martin. Oh, the Tommy Hearns, yeah. And that's the thing about like another thing about Martin, like he was just funny as shit, and he also had like some really good physical comedy. Like one of my favorite like um, comedic like TV actors of all time was a uh, John Ritter, may rest in peace of shit. And I think he like uh, the way John Ritter kind of carried that fucking Three's Company shit like for fucking years. Martin carried fucking his own show and being a black man doing that shit and fucking that nigga like was one of the reasons that Fox can do all the shit they do now you know what I'm saying he made them motherfuckers hot got them got that fucking third network that was kind of like just floating around I mean that fourth network after CBS ABC and NBC like kind of legitimized it and shit you know what was your favorite Martin episode my favorite mm, that's tough. It might have been Tommy Hearns, but my favorite. But I, the thing with I can't remember like too many yeah, like just Martin episodes. It's more like moments, like when they reenacted the fucking uh the scene from like um New Jack City and shit. Yeah. Yes. That is like a classic ass moment. You know what I'm saying? And um. Did that? I don't remember that shit at all. Nigga, that's yeah, me neither. You know I mean? remember Tommy Hearns. I, it might not even be my favorite. I'm just saying Tommy Hearns because that's the one episode I remember. I say yeah, Biggie because that's the one episode I remember. Oh, there was an, another episode, and I think it was like Red and Meth in there, and they kept on hollering at the chick in the um studio. That shit was funny to me, but I, I can't remember. Right, and and that was the point yeah. I was trying to make. It's more that show was more about moments like, uh, right. yeah, and like uh, Fresh Prince. They, I mean, that was that was the mo- I mean, the whole episode was great when they had uh, Ben Vereen playing his pops and shit, and he had that big hug with uh, James Avery. May he rest in peace and shit. 
at the end of that. And I love when Will tells a story about how James Avery told him that was the moment when he's like, yeah, you were acting out. Like, you, you yeah. bodied that shit. After you fucked it up, he said the first time he fucked it up, he's like, yo, just don't use don't me. worry about use me. And just having him tell the story makes that, like, probably one of my favorite moments, even though it already was. But, yeah, Fresh Prince was dope. And they went into a whole bunch of um, different shit. I mean, another episode, mm. I, like, I like when Carlton got, when Carlton was driving, like, uh, some, some one of his father's friend's cars or something, like it was a Mercedes and it was real nice. And they weren't shit to Carlton because them niggas was rich. But Will was in the passenger seat with him. And when Carlton got pulled over by the cops, he like, he talked like, oh, nah, man, it's that, whatever. Yeah. And he Going didn't really. Huh? Go, it was going, he said that he got pulled over for going too slow. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, but the whole thing about that episode was that Carlton was like coming from where he was coming from. That was his first shit. Like, oh, this fucking black profile and shit, real, you know what I'm saying? Well, these motherfuckers don't love you. And then when, when his pops came and picked him up, it was real gangster how they went there and picked him up. It's yeah. like, yo, I'm turning you. And that shit was gangster. But the best shit was he told Carlton, it's like, yo, man. He's like, why did this happen? And he had to break it down to him, tell him a little story and shit, you know? Like, why? Like, you know, you black, nigga, and it's going to be a thing, you know? So. When Carlton, even when Carlton had the gun after Will got shot. Well, yes, you just, okay, I, mean, I was finishing that part, but yes, another, another great thing. But <laughs> yeah. He's like, yo, but you when he had the gun. I'm like, that's the same episode? No. Nah, it's not a different episode. Yeah, but nah, just shit like that. They gave us, like, jewels like that. They even gave us, like, some moments where Hillary realized that, you know, she was whatever. You know what I'm saying? Everybody had, like, they, they little shit. And that show just was, it was just a dope show. You know what I'm saying? Just for all those reasons and shit. Ain't nothing even fucking with, uh, with a different world, though. But, you know, that's another thing. Uh, hell no. Yeah. But no doubt. <laughs> on to uh on the sports it was a crazy um we you know we're talking about last week's uh games that have excuse me this past saturday sunday's games that happened um we all made our picks i think we were all kind of we i think we all kind of hit our points except for baltimore which is the real game brian's team san francisco as we thought would dominate and win their game 27 to 10 over Minnesota. We all picked Kansas city over Houston. We all picked, I mean, well, I don't say we all did, but we picked, I know I picked Seattle, but we were more rooting for Russ. But in, if we were betting people, we would have bet on green Bay. Even though I, I picked green Bay. Yeah. You picked green. You picked. I green. think we, I think we, didn't we all pick green Bay? Nah, you, pay, you all picked, you all picked Seattle. Yeah, no, no, we know. But, but we, just like Alex said, we were like, Yo, we want to see Yeah, maybe in your mind. No, no, we actually said it. I'll, I'll post the clip for you. Yeah, uh, we, said, <laughs> we said we wouldn't bet on Seattle. We're just rooting for Russ to win. Um, and the K- Kansas City, and just just a quick note about that game, they were down 24 nothing in that game going into the second quarter and then ripped off a 51-7 to run, which in football is literally unheard of. Houston should fire their coach based off of that. And then the surprise of the weekend was uh, Tennessee dominating uh, Baltimore. And, I picked that game too. And uh, yeah, you did? I don't know. You maybe mm-hmm. did. I don't, I don't remember going back. I, don't, I really have to go back and listen. But I do remember, as I said a few pods ago, when I talked about Baltimore, and I even put it in our group text, I said, if Tennessee scores first, it's going to be a problem. You know, a lot of people killed me when I told them. I said, San Francisco's the best team because styles make fights and they can win any fight. And Baltimore showed that they not equipped to play from behind. And Tennessee dominated that game every which way, shape, and forward. I mean, there's that that 
Classic. Oh no, I picked them. I, I picked them to lose because I was rooting for them to lose. You know, I ain't no. gonna lie. There's that no, classic. He did, no, no, he did. He did. Turning yeah. and, and turning Errol Thomas around and using him as his blocker down the field. So right now, as it stands, we're set up for San Francisco versus Green Bay in the NFC Championship game, and then there is Tennessee against Kansas City in the AFC Championship game for the uh, both. Obviously, both games will determine who will play in the. Super Bowl going forward. Um, I guess we could throw our picks out there now. Obviously, I'm going to take San Francisco, and I'm going to take uh, Kansas City to be playing in the Super Bowl. I'm taking um, San Francisco, and I'm taking Tennessee because I'm going to bet some money on Tennessee, hoping that they can go far. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go for Tennessee. Um, they feeling like my Giants was when they was, like, just world beaters. That's a yeah. 17 I'm, I'm 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 the same way. I'm I'm going to um, San Francisco and then Tennessee. Oh wow! Okay. Derrick Henry, bro. Eh? Eh? San Fran, KC. Okay. Yeah, I, I think KC is the better team. I just think mm-hmm. I think I just think Tennessee is that they might have something right now. Because also you gotta think Kansas City. What's their weakness? What's like their weakest part? Isn't it the run defense? Yeah, Kansas City, he he taught him up uh maybe about five weeks ago. Derrick Henry taught him up for about like 160 yards. He about to it go for like 200. Him. Going for 200 this time. Right? And ain't going to be no, ain't going to be, he going to just kill it, man. He going to kill it. And to, your point, and to I don't know who said it, if it was just you or B that said it. To your point, you know, the best defense against Kansas City is to keep uh, Patrick Mahomes on the sideline with long drawn out, mm-hmm. you know, offense to keep him off the field so they can't run up the score. And, like, and, and they got the and they got the running back to, you know, yeah, control that game and shit. And and, and got to give the the coach credit because he's been man. This nigga Michael Porter Jr. keep on getting better, man. I hope he get injured again. I ain't gonna lie. Fuck. All right. Jesus Christ, we could move, we could smooth move right in. Oh, just a real quick shout before we move from football. Shout out to LSU and Joe Burrow, who's gonna probably be the first pick in the draft for Cincinnati for uh, Clemson. Actually, they taught him. Now I won't say they taught him up, but it was a they beat them handily. It wasn't even it wasn't close in the national championship game. So salute to LSU. Yo, and uh, also basketball shit. Shout out to fucking. Uh... Carmelo Anthony and shit, and Trailblazers leading the Rockets at the half, 60 to 47 in Houston. I hope that, uh, what is it? Melo is, uh, he got 13 points. He's five for six. Um, shooting, fucking three for three from the line. Boy, already got seven boards. I don't know. Basketball's been fun, yo, because, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of parody going on. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. really predict who's just going to come in there and win lately. Um, you know, teams have been really competing. I'm starting to get more into college basketball right now. Like, I like to do mm-hmm. Obi Topin and um, from Dayton. And I like I like my boy. Um, what's my boy name? Um, what's my boy name? And, oh, Tyrese Halliburton, yo, from Iowa State. You know what I mean? Those two niggas, two niggas I'm keeping my eye on. I, of course, I keep on bringing out the white boy, Nico Mannion. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? But... Yeah, but the rest of them, those are two, those are those are two dudes I'm keeping my eye on because I feel like those dudes are gonna be really good pros. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know where they're gonna get drafted. They, I mean, they're gonna get drafted in the lottery clearly, but they're not gonna probably be drafted in the top five, or maybe they might just make top five. But when they hit the pros, like the teams that passed on them niggas, is gonna be mad. Just remember I said that shit. Mm-hmm. 
And, um, as far as the NBA is concerned, y'all, like I, it, it's been it's been enjoyable, y'all. Like it's been enjoyable um, lately to watch basketball. I, I um I've been a little bit pissy though because like the Knicks have been in games and then lose them mm-hmm. and shit, and it makes it hard to watch a game after the Knicks. Like I'm not one of those dudes who like I could watch the Knicks lose and then like turn on another game afterwards. Like I'm not one yeah. of those dudes. Like I got to just stop watching. But yeah, that's about fun right now. And then, as uh, we heard today, that the Pelicans have announced, announced, excuse me, a debut date for Zion, and probably the ratings will pick up for on January twenty second. An incredible day, being that it's my birthday. But Zion's set to make his debut. I think that's Wednesday or Thursday next week that's on second. Yeah, Wednesday twenty second. He's going to be making his debut. Yeah, I don't. I kind of don't believe them, but like you know, what I mean, I believe it when I see it happen. Fucking Michael Porter Jr. He gets on my fucking nerves. Yeah, man. <laughs> are we are we gonna are we gonna regret that? Because we no, gonna... you know why? Kevin Knox is Kevin Knox gonna make us starting to play it? a lot better. It's just like it, it. The 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 thing is is that like the ceiling for Michael Porter Jr. is it could be higher than Kevin Knox's, but but Kevin Knox had been recovering from injury like. He just announced that he would recover. He was recovering from an injury over the summer that messed up his training regimen. And then you watched him um, play basketball. Like now, like for the last uh, few games, like I'm like I like everything I see from Kevin Knox right now. As long as you, as long as he keeps active and stays in games, um, part of it, he, coach has to give him steady minutes. But anytime you know he gets steady minutes and gets to be active, he does a lot. Even even when he wasn't getting steady minutes. He was doing other things other than scoring. And I think that, you know, that that builds a player up, man. I mean, if you go listen to Kobe in his interview, I mean, they didn't let the nigga really play for a good three years. He was just sitting on the bench while watching mm-hmm. other people ball out. And I think, you know what I mean? I don't know. You know, I'm not going to sit there and call Kevin Knox Kobe, but I don't know. You know what I mean? <clears throat> just like, I, but I, the person I really attribute basketball, like, royalty to right now is R.J. Barrett, just because he's so fucking brilliant. You know what I mean? Like I just I've seen him just adjust and adapt to things um in the game and I've seen him take on grown men on defense and offense in ways that they can't stop him and he and he can stop them. I mean, not consistently because once you put that veteran wiles on somebody after a while like, you know, yeah. they they're able to do certain things, but I've seen him even adjust to that so well that it's just like you're freaking brilliant, dog. And you don't really always get to see a player <clears throat> that athletic be able to think the way he does on the basketball court. So I really I look for big things from him. I hope he could I hope he knows what to build on and gets and just keeps on getting better. Yeah. <clears throat> nah, he definitely the hope for the future for the Knicks. Yeah, that's a fact. Him and a couple other folks. And I like the fact that he don't smile. Like yo, he laughs and shit and he smiles like when, mm-hmm. when like after the game and before the game and shit like that. But like in fourth quarters or like second halves or or, or like in the middle of runs and shit like that, this nigga don't smile for shit. Mm-hmm. Like a matter of fact, it's damn near a frown. Like you can see the hatred in his face. And I always say this. I, like I don't know if I said it on the pod, but I know I said to y'all niggas. Like I like people who play with hatred. That's and how Russ. you win. You know what I mean? Those Russ. niggas that hate people. Yeah, mm-hmm. like Russ. Those niggas that play with hatred. Like they hate you. Like mm-hmm. that. He got that in him too. So like, I, like I look for something from R.J. Barry. Yo, he gonna be something, man. 
He's already he gay. He ain't, he ain't thinking about them bitches his way and back in like the hotel room or back in the crib. He ain't thinking about it. He's going to think about them as soon as the game over and shit. Yeah. Have to think about it. I like that, yo. But you yeah. know some of them niggas be giggling and shit during the game thinking about yeah. With the tats on their ass, even though they move. This nigga don't crack a smile. Like, especially when he get Pharrell, like, he don't crack a smile. He won't even be on the bench smiling or like that. You see it in his face. It's like hungry anger. It's like Kobe in his prime anger. Like, when Kobe was playing with those young niggas and they was fucking up, like mm. that. Like, you could just see it in his face. Like, I'm about to have to get out here and fuck everybody up. You know what I mean? Like, that type of shit. And I like it. Word. Word. You can't say word. I said word. I, I laid the word out. Yo, yo fuck, I'm having a smush Parker, yo. Yeah. But, 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 you know, whatever, man. God bless. God bless. Um, I think we covered everything. I don't have anything else. I don't think anything else happened while we was um while we was uh, potting just now. All right, the rock Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. No, go I mean, ahead. I, I saw that, you know, but if you want to go ahead and comment on that, Joe. I got no comments. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's there. Yo, Rocky Johnson, he was a, fuck, I think he was a Hall of Fame wrestler. I know he was, like, a really good wrestler. And, like, yeah, you know, he's a WWE uh, Hall of Famer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, nigga gave, nigga bought the fucking rock into existence, nigga. And this fucking yeah. Dwayne Johnson is the biggest fucking movie star in the world. Fucking yeah. Earl Will Smith on like Sway or something. Be like, damn, I see. Oh, maybe it was breakfast. Man, I see yeah, Rock doing yeah, this shit yeah, like yeah, that. Right. Yeah. So I mean, yo, you caught that something. too, right? Like it was a real quick line, but yeah. he said it. Yeah. He said it, man. I mean, yo, fucking. I know the Rock is real proud. His like Samoan roots and shit like that. But you know, he never you know stray away from you know talking about his pops. His pops black, man. So more black excellence and shit. Yeah. Um, uh, what is it? Um. I heard I heard this bitch ass nigga is coming out with a new album, man. Is that correct? <laughs> you talking about the brother yeah. line now, Richie? Yeah, yo, fuck that nigga, but I heard this bitch ass pussy ass nigga is coming out with a new album, y'all. Y'all heard that shit? I mean, hell he should, man. He about to be seventy, you know what I'm saying? But dumb, honestly, I don't think he put out shit in the last man. like eight or nine years though. But you know, if you want he wanna bless us with some new shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He give us a, give us an album of fucking full of like hello remixes and shit. It's gonna be called Goodbye. <laughs> oh man, he a national treasure, man. Yeah, he gonna be treasure with the end of my fist. Fuck that nigga, man. Lionel Richie. <laughs> As always. <laughs> As always. Oh, the nigga is seventy. Oh, shout the nigga Lionel Richie, man. He about to be seventy one. Word. Yo, and shout out to Lil Boosie, man. Y'all cappers, get off that shit, man. Show that man how to shimmy, man. Stop trying to act all crazy. No, they tried to show him. I'll be, I seen them trying to show him, but they was trying to act like, nah, we can't show you. Like, niggas was scared to show him. Show that man. Nah, they were man, they should make him honorary, No, no, they was trying to show him. He was being a little... Oh, they was? I, I, maybe I just yeah. saw the one, the one joint where the nigga was like, I don't know if I should show you or not or whatever. Nah, he just was bad at it. Like, they was trying to show <laughs> the nigga. Like, I... <laughs> Like, he probably knows it by now because, you know, they were, the way they were trying to show him or whatever, but they had been trying to show the nigga, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, he's just not allowed to throw up the sign. He yeah, yeah, yeah. but throw up the sign. I saw them tell him that. I saw yeah. them tell him that. Boozy ain't no, man. Them cappers took on fucking wipe me down as they shit. 
uh, when that nigga was mostly like in jail and shit. Yeah. I know, man. But uh, shout out to shout out to Boosie, man. Yo, when Boosie birthday, Alex? Yeah, knock it off, man. November fourteenth, nigga. Speaking, but, uh, speaking, of, uh, speaking of fraternities and um, Ralph Lauren, man, y'all owe uh, Sigma some money. Damn all that apologizing. Pay them uh, dudes. Y'all use their logo on they on your on your shit. You my man, my man is like a big low head and shit. He uh like he was the first nigga show me the pants and shit with the five band sigma on. He's like, yo, I want them shits, but they took them off the site of women real quick. But uh yeah. Yeah, but as always, uh you can get at us on Better Than You Pod on IG. Uh we want all the praise, we want all the smoke. Until next week. Peace. Peace, God. I mean, honestly, they didn't keep some of the smoke, nigga. Some of the smoke ain't even necessary, yo, but... <laughs> Fuck your smoke. I got heat for that smoke, nigga. And God bless Lionel Richie. Nah, fuck that.